Let's stand for the reading of the word in Exodus chapter 5. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor? So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men that they may labor in it and let them not regard false words. Father, thank you for transformational truth. Holy Spirit, break this into bread to eat, life-sustaining strength for each of us that we know who our God is and have permanent, complete, and total relationship together with him. In Jesus' name I pray and let the church say amen. And you may be seated. Pharaoh just increased the burden on the Israeli slaves in this passage. And what do we do when life goes from bad to worse? The Israelis have been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years by now. Life was grueling. It was harsh. And now we read life has turned unbearable. He has upped the ante. Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Egypt is a type of our culture. And our culture is the culture of any God but the one true God. And that leads to chains and slavery and sin and enslavement. And the Israelis were being harmed. They were being beaten regularly with whips. If you remember, younger Moses had seen an Egyptian brutalizing an Israeli slave and beating him. And then went and took and killed that Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Working from morning to night, these slaves, uh, having a quota to be met, mercilessly beaten if they didn't meet it. So now Pharaoh adds a bigger burden. They worked without relief. Pharaoh has just increased their load. And he says, we will not bring you straw for the brick quota. You will go get the straw yourselves and still meet the brick quota. So they would meet an awful fate if their quotas were not met because they were brick makers and these slaves were helping to construct pyramids and build these big rocks up these sides of these hills and huge daily burdens with no hope in sight. The devil is not as smart as he thinks he is because the text reveals a fatal flaw in our adversary. The Achilles heel of the devil, he never quits overplaying his hand. And if he would just leave well enough alone, and not overreach, people just would remain in their misery. But Pharaoh worked them severely. Then he put a bigger burden on them. And that's how the adversary is. That's what sin is like. If he would just freeze you in that circumstance, you'd learn that this is your new normal. Okay? But he keeps piling on more, breaking you down a little bit more increasing the burden even more sufficiently, and then adding to your grief as you try to carry a load that gets ever bigger. And when bad gets worse, deliverance takes place. The devil never leaves bad enough alone. If he just pins you with your sin, but no, he brings on another level of pain, of entrapment, of addiction, 
And all he's doing is driving you into the everlasting arms of God. So when the bad becomes unbearable, it turns your heart back to God. And Satan pushes and he pushes. But at some point, people turn back to God out of desperation. And when bad things have turned hopeless, good things start happening. In the years of pastoring, never have I had a person desire to come to Jesus, be born again, and become a follower of his without some need in their life. People, of course, in various segments of our culture have money galore, a trophy wife, perfect health, no addictions. No, they're not looking for Jesus. The ones born again, they have needs. And the people who show up looking for Jesus, a spouse has just walked out, a bad health report. They lost their job. Children are a mess. They may even have money, but the family's all divided and fighting. Or there may be alcohol or drug addiction. When bad is turned worse, a burden so large, a miracle is in order. And the best thing Satan can do is just leave us alone. No, he keeps instigating, aggravating, creating more pain. You didn't desire to look for God, but now he's your last chance. And desperation leads you to cry out to God. That's when a miracle happens. Say, I'm a candidate for a personal great awakening. Your family is about to have the greatest spiritual awakening ever. Because that's what God promised to do in the last days on our children. Amen? And if the devil had just left you alone, no, but he wouldn't stop. Bad turned to worse. And then came the need to start praying. And you looked for a church. And you looked for a spiritual leader. Because America needs a spiritual renewal. Anybody say amen to that? They took prayer out of our schools. When I was a college student, the Beatles said, we are more popular than Jesus Christ. They legalized abortion, the killing and the murder of the unborn. They legalized recently same-sex marriage. Gangs continue to flourish and grow in our inner cities. Drugs and the overuse and abuse of them, not only among students in their age levels, but among adults. But at some point, the country will rise up again and say, enough, enough pain. We've had all we can bear. We need God once again in our lives and at our core. We've pushed too far. Bad has gone to worse. Now it's become unbearable. And that's when we turn to the Lord. Because one beer becomes a six-pack, six six-packs, and now you're an alcoholic, and now you're a drunk. And you've gone from bad to worse, out of control. It always begins with a recreational drug. One draw, the first one is always free. Then you're trapped, and then you're hooked. And that's when you are captured. The government now is telling us that we just want to go ahead and legalize all this, and one day you awaken in a crack house, abused with no future, wasted. And that's how the devil tracks in the lives of people. And the education is ruined. You're a wreck. Your marriage is broken. There becomes spousal abuse. Police have to be called. You find yourself in court. It's so bad you awaken on a Sunday and you say, I just need to go to church today. And when it's gone from bad to worse, that's when you need a miracle. And we need to say in America, 
We have had enough. The truth. If we told your story, you went from bad to worse. Then you were born again. And once you made fun of we who serve the Lord, but now you found you needed the Lord. And you latched on to Jesus because you discovered he is your liberator from the slavery of sin, as Moses was as an example. And the person who looks so good next to you today, you should have seen him or her B.C. And this is my cry. It's time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. That's the spirit of the age in which we live. But God is ready to respond when life has turned bad. In rough times, that's the time for God to come to our rescue. I will build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's the place where the church works at its best, at the gates of hell. And if the gates of hell have come to your house, that's when God does his greatest work. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And the flood is overwhelming. It's out of control. It's everywhere. It swarms. It takes over. You start sinking in hopelessness, sinking into a depression. But when the enemy swarms in, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. You're at a breaking point. Look up. Good things are about to happen. But when sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Paul put it like this. Our bodies had no rest. And we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. Nevertheless, God. Amen? I love that. Nevertheless, God. Spite of. God. Now let me introduce you to the God who is always the more. More grace than sin. More light than darkness. More victory than defeat. And when bad has gone to worse, look for God to deliver you. Joseph is a great example. He had a dream in his life. It was a God-given dream. And he was destined as a child for greatness. And everything went backwards. Everything. For the first four decades of his life, 40 years, counting, everything went from bad to worse. And we see the whole picture. We see the end of the story. But from his perspective, things went from bad to worse. He was thrown into a cistern by his own flesh and blood brothers. His father was told that he was eaten by an animal because the brothers had taken his coat of many colors and had poured animal blood on it and then torn it and shredded it and told his dad, he's dead. The animals ate him. He was sold as a slave to the Malachites. There were a group of nomads that were traveling throughout the region, and they sold him to them. They, in turn, sold Joseph to Potiphar, a general in the Egyptian army, and a well-to-do man. And while he was serving Potiphar, His wife seduced Joseph, but he refused her advances, and then he was falsely accused of rape. He was imprisoned in a dungeon for 13 years for a crime he did not commit. Every step was a step backwards from his perspective. That's the way he could see it. I'm going further and further away from the very thing that God promised me. 
from bad to worse. The butler forgets him in prison. Doesn't go tell Pharaoh. He interpreted the dream the correct way. And Joseph finally just looked at his life and he decided to sit down one day. And the next thing he knew, he found himself sitting on a throne, second in command of the empire of Egypt. Because everything that seemed to be going backwards was actually God getting him to his destination. God's going to take you where he told you he would take you. No matter if you're moving forward into it or stepping backwards, God is still going to get you where he promised. And no matter, God will get you there. God will back you right into your miracle, no matter how things appear. When God makes you a promise, your destiny is still before you. And the devil pushes and pushes. And it becomes so bad. And it becomes worse than bad. And when you can't take it any longer, listen, you turn off your social media, you walk away from movies and junk entertainment, and you get your face in this book. Get your face in this book. And you walk and you pray and you cry and you call out to God and you read his work. And suddenly God shows up. Funny how that works, huh? Suddenly. Some need to understand your spiritual vacation is over. This is a job for God. And you're going to have to turn to him or you'll lose your family. You'll lose your career. You'll lose your joy. You'll lose everything. You must have the Lord. No more game playing with God. That clock has ticked down to its last few seconds on the American Western church because of what's happening all around us in our culture and world. The devil will leave here today thinking, if I had just left him alone, he wouldn't have gotten up to go to church. He wouldn't have called on the name of the Lord. The last medical report, the financial reversal, it went from bad to worse. Misery turned to desperation. And when that happens, we repent, we turn to God, we fall on our faces, we weep, we call... And he answers with a miracle. That's the God I serve. Remember last week's message? I showed you how Israel came to Marah and the bitter waters, and all they did was complain, but Moses knew who God was. And it says, he cried to the Lord. He cried to the Lord. God heard him when he cried. The prodigal son. He left his father's house. Was that bad or good? Say bad. bad. Everybody. Bad. Louder. Bad. bad. Yeah. He left his father's house. Bad. He spent his father's inheritance in riotous living. He wasted his substance. He was wasted. Wasting your time, wasting your gifting, wasting your potential, wasting your spiritual inheritance. Wasted. It was bad. Then got worse. He runs out of money. He starts running out of friends. He stayed with his, his latest girlfriend, and she kicked him out. No money. And at some point, he lands in a pig pen. And the Jewish boy ended up feeding pigs. They're unclean animals to the Jew. And while all that was happening was bad, now he looks at the pigs and says, this is worse. A pig pen. And he said, I'll arise and return to my father's house where even the servants have it better than I. So when he finally came to his senses, (laughs) funny how God has to allow that to happen. 
because we've lost common sense in this country. We've lost it in our families. We've lost it in how we do life and make choices. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Okay? I will go home to my father and say, Father, and he's rehearsing this in his mind, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And so he returns home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Never let him finish the rest of the story. But his father interrupted him and said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate a feast for this son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. That's how God celebrates. When we make the 180 and we head back in the right direction. But it didn't happen until the circumstances became unbearable. And some don't understand why all of this stuff happened in your life and happened to your family. Bad has gone to worse, and you think it's over, it's the end. No, it's God backing you right into where he wants. That's when people cry out and call on God in repentance, and God begins to work the miracle. Calvary, remember, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Thank God for the never quit endurance attitude. And when it feels like all hell is broken loose, when it's just gone from bad to worse, it's not an accident today. Because God, through this, is saying to you, turn to me. In your circumstance, he's saying to you, come back to me. I was not your first choice, but I'm your best chance. And that life has bitten you, and you've awakened because the pain has got a hold of you. Now it's time for a miracle to happen. And that's when most turn to the Lord in repentance. And born again happens. And what drove you to step up and be in church today? What circumstance? I don't know what's happening in everybody's life, but he does. And no doubt, this is a word for somebody present today. For some, bad is drifting to worse. But you're on the brink of a miracle, just as Joseph was. The enemy is pushing. He's pinning you. You feel trapped. What you're supposed to do now is cry unto the Lord. The devil should have backed off, but he doesn't know how. He presses for your destruction because all he wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. That's his purpose and his mission. That's what he loves doing. He's wired for one gear. But listen to David. Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer from the depths of the earth, ends of the earth. I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. You probably have continued on in your addiction 
and the painful relationship, trying to manage your life and illness and finances. But then it went from bad to worse. And it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And you are ready to call on the name of the Lord. You realize you need to turn to God because you have to have a miracle. There's nothing else that will work. And you're like those slaves in Egypt. God said, tell them, I have heard their cries and I have come down to rescue them. The intensity of abuse has risen to an unbearable level. And he inclined to me and heard my cry, which means he did this. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. So in your dilemma, God sees you and he hears you. And if you're not uncomfortable as yet, If that hasn't arrived as yet, hang loose. It'll get worse. Then you'll be ready to call on his name. Ask Jonah. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. Amen. You can cut the enemy off at the pass. And you can shortcut him today. If you'll use just a little bit of biblical wisdom, you can run to the Lord before the pain becomes unbearable. We all get that choice. Before you've taken steps that can bring you consequences that might remain for the rest of your life. And chains are going to break and prison doors will pop open. And the Holy Spirit is at work here today. Don't do anything to quench His presence in our services. Because He's here to deliver you. And I discern that the enemy is doing more to destroy families and homes than in all of our American history. I've never seen anything going on like I'm watching today. And I'm preaching this. God is ready to move. It's time for a great spiritual awakening. It will be a titanic awakening. I mean, it will be, it'll be great, greater than anything. It would be like those folk that were out on those rafts and freezing to death and all of a sudden come back to life because a miracle of God has intervened. It's going to be an amazing spiritual awakening. We don't come to Jesus for a better life. We come to Jesus because we have finally understood he is the life. And for the great awakening that we all need in the Western church, seek God not revival. At Azusa Street, they sought God, not a revival. And God showed up. When Finney was talking about his invitations to go to America's cities and preach, one of, one of those came from a pastor. And it, it, the request was, come and, and preach a revival for us. We need a revival in our community. And Finney wrote back, no, I'm not coming to your city. So because I'm not a dog and pony show. That's what he said in essence. He said, we're not here for revival. We're here to seek the face of God. If you want me to help you because you have a hunger for the face of the Lord, I'll come and preach to you and create a hunger in your people for more of God to show up in their lives. But if all you want is for me to just make everybody feel good for a few services, you got the wrong guy. That's not what we're here to do. Seek God, not a revival. And and we have to repent of pride in order for God to show up. 
thinking we're good the way we are. Sometimes we think pride is that we just brag about ourselves. No, here's what pride can manifest itself to be. I'm okay the way I am. Don't, don't challenge me. Don't tell me I need to get, grow and develop and mature, and there's more of God that I need in my life. When you think you're okay, that's called pride. Thinking we're okay the way we are. I am unsatisfied the way I am. I am unsatisfied the way we are. There needs to be more a hunger, a, a developing, ongoing, growing to the last breath that all of us take. Many revivals have lost their momentum because of an inflated opinion of self. Pride opens the door for the enemy to deceive us. And we abort the spiritual renewal that God intended because we think we've arrived. It's never been this good before. I guess we've arrived. Uh -uh. No, I haven't arrived yet. That won't happen until you look at the face of Jesus. Then you'll have arrived. We must learn to pray God's promises. In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land and seek my face. Not seeking a revival, not seeking to feel good in a service, seek my face, which simply means I need the character of God to become a, my part of my character. They need to blend together. Amen? Revivals don't need great preaching nor great singing. They need great praying and seeking the face of the Lord. And the great leaders of Reformation and Awakenings, Wesley, Finley, Whitfield, they based their prayers on God's promises. And renewal arrived. The result of seeking God, convicting, converting, the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, a great awakening. And so David wrote, Oh, thank God he's so good. His love never runs out. All of you set free by God. Tell the world. Tell how he freed you from oppression. Then rounded us up from all over the place, from the four winds, from the seven seas. Some of you wandered for years in the desert looking but not finding a good place to live. You thought you could find satisfaction on your own. Half starved and parched with thirst, staggering and stumbling on the brink of, dis of exhaustion. Then in your desperate condition, you called out to God. And he got you out in the nick of time. He put your feet on a wonderful road that took you straight to a good place to live. So thank God for his marvelous love. For the miracle mercy to the children he loves. He poured great drafts of water down parched throats. In other words, he's the only one who can satisfy you. The starved and hungry got plenty to eat. You might want to stand while I'm reading this to you. Because I think God's word is so powerful. We, we need to stand to embrace it. Some of you were locked in a dark cell, cruelly confined behind bars. Punished for defying God's word. Turning your back on the high God's counsel. See, the devil caught up with you. Once you stepped over the line into his turf, he took ownership of the deed of your life. And here's what he does with you. A hard sentence and your heart's so heavy and not a soul in sight to help. Nobody can help you. You're hopeless. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition. And he got you out in the nick of time. 
and he led you out of your dark, dark cell and broke open the jail and led you out. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. He shattered the heavy jailhouse doors. He snapped the prison bars like matchsticks. Praise the Lord, amen? And some of you were sick because you lived a bad life and your body's feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't stand the sight of food so miserable you thought you'd be better off dead. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition, and he got you out of the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God for his marvelous love, for the miracle mercy to the children he loves. Offer Thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what he's done. Sing it out. Some of you set sail in big ships and put to sea to do business in faraway ports. This is the guy or the gal who thought, I'm doing my thing my way. And God, here's what I've decided to do. Now bless it. Instead of saying, God, what are you blessing and what do you want me to do as a part of that? No, that's what I'm going to do. I'm making my choices. I'm going to heaven, so who cares? I'm going to live life the way I want to live it. Here's what happened. Watch now. You set sail on a big ship. You put to sea to do business in faraway ports. Out on the sea, you saw God in action. You got your come to Jesus moment, came to your senses. You saw his breathtaking ways with the ocean. And with the word, he called up the wind, an ocean storm and towering waves, and you shot high in the sky. Then the bottom dropped out, and your hearts were stuck in your throats. You were spun like a top. You reeled like a drunk. You didn't know which end was up. And then you called out to God in your desperate condition. And he got you out in the nick of time. And he quieted the wind down to a whisper and put a muzzle on the big waves. And you were so glad when the storm died down because he led you safely back to harbor. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Lift high your praises when the people assemble. It's what we're doing right now. Shout hallelujah when the elders meet. Come on. Praise the Lord. David wraps it up like this. If you're really wise, you will think this over. It's time you appreciate it. God's deep.